0: Hey y'all from NPR, I'm Sam Sanders. It's been a minute. Happy weekend. Happy holiday weekend. Hope you had a great 4th of July. Here on the show, we did. We enjoyed the holiday with our friends and family and animals. In fact, as you listen to this, as you hear my voice right now, we are still at the show enjoying our holiday weekend. Which is why, instead of our usual weekly wrap, we're going to bring you a very special edition of the show with a few of my favorite music interviews. Interviews full of music that is perfect for a summertime barbecue or poolside hang or whatever. First up, Nick Hakim. This is his song called Green Twins. It is the title track of an album that I love by him. Uh, our colleague here at NPR, Lars Gottrich, he says Nick Hakim and his music is, quote, soul music for outer space. Nick Hakeem has a great Tiny Desk concert up at nprmusic.org right now. Go check it out after you hear this. But first, hear this. My chat with Nick Hakeem. We could have moved to L.A. It's always sunny right out there. i got to show you something. Yeah. Because uh, I want to make sure that you believe me when I say this. I stream most of my music now. And I mostly stream through to Spotify, but I also have Tidal and Apple and whatever. You sir were uh-huh. my number one streamed song what? of
1: 2017.
0: <laughs> nice. Uh, wow. Yeah.
1: I yeah. love that they do this. That's uh, no, pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Wow, yeah. man.
0: Thank you. So I'm serious. So I. So my favorite song from the album, my favorite song of the year is Roller Skates. Wow, cool. I remember specifically when I first heard it. Um, I was in LA. And I was driving to pick up a friend from the airport, and I had KSRW on. And they started playing your song, but they hadn't announced that it was your song yet. I didn't know who you were, but like the drums come in, like boom, boom,
1: chick, boom, boom chick. I'm like,
0: okay, okay, whatever. This is gonna be some little indie pop something. <laughs> then the guitars come in, like, chick, <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is gonna be some little, you know, little old scrawny Whiteboard music. <laughs> and then the vocals come in, and I'm like. Oh. <laughs> he, he can sing. <laughs> this is soul music. And then before you know it, the song has swelled. And this beautiful layering of vocals. The song, like, washes over you. Do this thing with a few of your songs, or before you know it, there's been this slow and steady burn, and then by the end of the song, it's on fire.
1: Yeah, it must be purposeful. So yeah, a lot of that had to do with not really having like a premeditated way of how to end the song. Really? It's just like (laughs) I would just let it go, and then I would. But that would leave a lot of space for crazy vocal expression. And and on roller skates specifically, I did the first verse and the first chorus. Uh, the vocals were all recorded on my laptop microphone.
0: Huh, like singing into your laptop? Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> like no microphone, yeah. Wow. But yeah, the endings of the songs, when you said that they feel like they're like on fire, those were like grand, crazy beautiful yeah. moments of yeah. uh, of catharsis of, almost yeah exactly you're letting something out exactly what are you letting out? just everything just, <laughs> and, and it's like it's it's honestly just like I like experimenting with my voice and I like yeah. learning how to use it in different ways and I think the endings of some of these songs are like a real test to myself of like what I'm capable of.
0: Me. Another song on the album where you get that crescendo at the end. I'd say Needy Bees, like, just has that moment at the end where everything is, like, kind of crashing into each other.
2: It's
1: like that, like, crazy, that weird, like, string line. The...
0: That's a lovely counterpoint. Thanks. Well, and then you have that going, you got the vocals going, and then there's like yeah. some weird like
1: wow, yeah, sound of that's the just, back. What that's was just, that? That was my vocal going, yeah, yeah, but then I just pitched it up. Really?
0: So, that's your voice.
1: Yeah. But it's just <laughs> pitched up.
0: And also this song ended up in an episode of Insecure.
1: Yeah, yeah. That was uh, Did you know that was gonna happen? Yeah, I did. Okay, I did. How I just did didn't it happen. Didn't... I'm not entirely sure how they heard it, but... From what I understand, Raphael Sadiq and Solange do the music for right. insecure. I think that Issa Rae might have had something to do with it, Well, she honest. said that she plays her music every day. I mean, I'm a big fan of Issa Rae, and I... Yeah. Uh, like, Awkward Black Girl, I remember when oh, that so came good. out. It was so good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. When, like, I was, like, in college, and yeah. I was good. she's funny. I mean, like, she's funny. She's got it. Yeah. <laughs> she's and smart and yeah. amazing and beautiful and just, like, a really great person. Yeah. It seems like she has, like a really great vision for what she's doing. Yeah. You're listening to It's Been
0: a Minute from NPR. I'm Sam Sanders. We are here this weekend with a very special edition of the show featuring a few of my favorite music interviews. You're listening to my chat with singer and songwriter Nick Hakim. He is talking about his album, Green Twins. Let's talk a little bit about your story. Um... I want you to walk me through this moment that I read about where kind of everything changed for you. You're 17. Was it a friend or a girlfriend? She invites you to go to church with her, and you hear the music there, and then you're like, I want to do the piano. Huh. This, is what I, this is what I've read.
1: So I had a really good friend, and she went to this, uh, she used to sing in this gospel choir okay. for a church. It was a choir that was like open to a lot of different okay. communities and kind of had all these different kids from from different like backgrounds and stuff What and kind of music were they singing? Gospel. So like mm-hmm.
0: but it was black like, gospel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And In so anyways, you heard that and did that change things for you?
1: Well, that taught me a lot cuz I, I was just curious and I ended up working for the um for the musical director, this guy Ricky Payton Jr. Okay. But then I I don't know, I started I mean, I've always been into R&B and kind of always was slowly unraveling where that um dna of that was yeah. where that was from which is black like the church and yeah. i think that once i was exposed and started singing you know like the black national anthem and like, <laughs> and like if you met me then uh i was then being the like most... when you're 17 or what yes okay. when i when i was when i was uh just starting to learn how to sing yeah. and perform and yeah. to play piano and instruments and like I was the most shy. Like it was very difficult for me to project really? my voice. I had a very like, I sang from like my vo- my throat and like I, I do the old how to voice. Can you still do the way I you I can't? Used it? Really? I really can't. Huh. I actually tried. I listened really? to myself. It's very unbearable for me to sing the way, and I I would move my head. I couldn't like stay still. Like huh. it, I couldn't be con- like it was yeah. a really like. But I just knew that that was something that I wanted to do, so I just kept going. And
0: and I think like on the album, so much of your vocals are layered. You're in harmony with yourself, and Yeah. at this tiny desk, it was stripped down.
1: Yeah, you know? I mean they, on the album, the vocals are completely stacked.
0: How many stacks do you do? Because I hear it, it sounds so deep.
1: Depends. I tried not to overdo it, but okay. there was one song that had like 40 vocal tracks. Stop it. <laughs> Which song? Uh, the Want.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah. That song had like all, but it was also like the arrangement was just crazy, and I would just stack the same thing like over and over again. That's the that's the thing about recording on a computer. Sometimes like you can kind of endlessly record, stack yourself, or just keep recording things. So, what point on the want would, would we be most able to hear? the forty voices stacked. Uh probably towards the end though. Like all the background vocals, like there's they're just like really swelled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I would just record myself in like whatever room I was in and just kind of crank up the microphone and just kinda step away. I would repeat and stack the same thing over and over again. It's like one of the most liberating, and fun things for me.
0: Is to liberating work. and fun, cause I'm th- I'm sitting here thinking about hearing forty versions of my voice and then be like, get it away from <laughs> me. Yeah. It's
1: liberating. It really is. Totally.
0: I want to talk a little bit about the lyrics of your songs. Um, you don't use a lot of words in these songs, but when you do, I find them to be really, really powerful. Like a song like Bet She Looks Like You.
1: If there's a God,
0: there's a God I wonder what she looks like.
1: I
2: wonder
1: what she looks like. I
0: bet she looks like you. I bet she looks like you. Mm. I bet she looks like you. Who are you singing that to?
1: I think that it's one of those kind of things that I was thinking about. My partner, yeah. the fact that she has the ability to create life. I don't know, just kind of um, glorifying like our women. Yeah. I think especially like my my lady, she's black and she goes through a lot of things that I'll never understand. I don't know, I think she's a goddess. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, you know, man, it's all, this is all just a beautiful way of kind of sharing and just kind of, it's a, truly an extension of myself. So it's 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 really interesting to have other people kind of listen to it. And, and I, I just hopefully not going to be making the same sounding record for the next projects that I do.
0: Although if you did, I'd still enjoy it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to explore and learn and grow. And I'm also just trying to have fun.
0: Are oh, you having fun? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and I, I am glad you put this out in the world, man. Yeah,
1: thanks. I really appreciate it. Thank you for talking to me.
0: Nick Hakeem, his album is called Green Twins. You're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. This is a very special Fourth of July weekend edition of the show, in which we are bringing you music for your summer. Stay tuned for more after the break. I'm Sam Sanders. We'll be right
3: back. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. With a franchised network of highly trained agents and advanced marketing tools, Berkshire Hathaway Home Services network members aim to provide something more than just real estate. They think beyond the next transaction and build relationships based on your long-term goals to ensure you'll get all the value that home brings, year after year, home after home. All that more they do? That's home services. Start your home service at berkshirehathawayhs.com. Support also comes from Discover. With the Discover It Miles card, you can go further than you've ever gone before. Like sun in your face, book in your hand, kids playing in the sand further. Because the Discover It Miles card offers unlimited 1.5 miles on every purchase, and they'll automatically match all the miles you earn at the end of your first year. Get out there with your Discover It Miles card today. Limitations apply. Discover Match for new card members only. Learn more at discover.com slash travel. No matter what you've got planned, you need a song of the summer. This week on NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour, we are rounding up experts from NPR music. We will play a ton of songs to lift your spirits, and you might even find your next favorite artist. That's NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour. Listen and subscribe now.
0: You're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Sam Sanders. Y'all, happy 4th of July weekend. Here at the show, we are taking a break from the news to celebrate America. So we're not going to have our usual weekly wrap this weekend. We're going to actually bring you some interviews that are full of summer music. That brings us to Emily Kane. She and I go way back. I saw you at Hotel Cafe years ago. Come on. Yes, I did. I just moved to L.A. It was maybe like 2012, 2013. Oh, my God. that's a great venue. It's so that's intimate. That's a great
2: venue. It's so intimate. I do recall that being one of my worst shows ever. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Why it you? was it your <laughs> worst show? I liked it. I think it was. Like... Come back, Georgia. Come back. It was
0: actually a great show. Emily was touring her seven E.P., which is just full of these lush, intricate, delicate songs, like this one. It's called Georgia.
2: Come back, Georgia. Come back.
0: Flash forward to now Emily has released three studio albums She has toured with John Legend and Maroon 5 And we sat down to talk about her latest record It's called Scenery Alright, here I am with Emily King In Culver City, California What I really love about this new album Is that you went somewhere new to record it
2: Oh yeah Yeah
0: Thanks. You went like out in the mountains, out in the woods. Huh? I did.
2: Where'd I did. you go? I went upstate two hours north.
0: Of New York of, City. Of
2: New York City. And uh, which was really scary for me because, you know, I well, I was scared to move away because I didn't know how to drive for one thing. <laughs> like
0: a true New Yorker. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I'm
2: like, I'm gonna go here, I'm gonna I'm gonna move first.
0: So you moved to like the Catskills area? Yes. Okay. Okay. It's beautiful out there. It is
2: so beautiful. And I was Prior to that, like visiting Airbnbs and, and getting to know the neighborhood a little bit. And I spent a month at an Airbnb last summer, or two summers ago. Mm-hmm. And I just fell in love with the little neighborhood. I thought there's a lot of musicians that I know. Mm-hmm. There's a great community of artists. I think, you know, the Woodstock area, even before the festival and it became this kind yeah. of thing, there was artists there in the 30s. And oh, so it's yeah. always been a community. Mm-hmm. And I needed some, I needed nature. I hear you. So I had to just go and I I ended up finding a little place and then my mom and grandma came up with me and helped me buy a car. I
0: heard your grandma <laughs> like, re, like really helped because she's a used car salesman? Yeah, well, that was, was one of
2: her many, okay. you know, hustles.
0: Yeah. So what did you get?
2: I got a Nissan Sentra. Okay. Solid. <laughs> Solid.
0: Solid. I love talking about you driving because there are a few songs on the album that totally feel like driving songs. Oh, I'm cool. I'm talking about like, Remind Me. Yeah. I'm to play a little bit now.
2: Been without it for so long, forgot what it feels like.
0: It is like. A song to hit the highway on.
2: Oh. And in the darkness you came along. So glad you think it's so. It's just the right BPM,
0: you yes, know? Yes, Where you're like yes. sixty five. <laughs>
2: yes.
0: No traffic. Totally. Down how your process of making songs for this album was different based on your different environment. So, you're out in the woods, yeah. you're driving for the first time ever. I assume it like changes the way you're feeling the music.
2: It absolutely did. I mean, I couldn't believe that there was all of this space and nobody else was in it but me. <laughs> you know, so wonderful. being no from way. the city, I'm like, how is this even possible right now? Because you weren't
0: raised in the city, right?
2: I was raised in the city, yeah. and when I got upstate, mm-hmm. I just I just like l- laid in my driveway, like I can just. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, and you know, yeah. I and mean, no one else is Ain't here. nobody up in here. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I wanted to write a song when I felt that way, because of course, the honeymoon wears off eventually, oh, yeah. but. So I just sat there, I just like stared out the window and I just like sang these words into a voice memo and Really? Yeah. You remind me of something. You remind me of something. Something that I used to feel myself. Something that I used to feel like a heartbeat racing And then eventually like I kind of pieced together the hook and I think I think I cried a little bit <laughs> when I said something it. that I used to feel something like what I've been missing.
0: That's when you know.
2: That's when you know. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, this is actually expressing how I feel. Which doesn't always happen with songwriting. Oh, yeah. Because sometimes you get too heady and you're like, this is the verse and this is the chorus. But this felt like a direct connection. So I I thought, okay, I'm going to stay here for a while.
0: Yeah. it seems like y'all like when I listen to the music and this is this is for 7 this was for the switch I can tell that you and J-Most as folks call them yeah. are like just in the pocket because there'll be these moments where you just let the groove play yeah okay the last half of Teach You yeah I like that groove you're in yeah. I kind of want to hit it it's like you as an artist and as a singer allow as much stage time and presence to like the groove itself. If that makes sense. Thank you for saying, saying that.
2: I love the groove. Right. And I love the groove. Yes. The and pocket. You,
0: you, you get in the pocket and you yeah. stay there. Yeah. And it's almost like, you know how in church the song will be so good. And yes. the vocalist has done the two verses and the vamp and the bridge and everything, but the song is over and the band's like, no, we're still going to play.
2: That's exactly it. And it's yeah. like, you
0: don't leave the song until the spirit's gone. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah,
2: and I think, honestly, if I had a different producer, it might not be that way. But really? But J.M.O.'s has like the best pocket I've ever seen so anybody have. So I, it's kind of one of the best things about working with him. Is he
0: playing the bass?
2: He plays everything.
0: I, Because I hear that bass, yes. and it's just He's driving. Yes. Because you you hear the Top 40 stuff. Everyone's just belting and singing at you for three and a half minutes. And you're like, even if they're good, you're like, OK,
2: I get it. Look, if I could belt, I would. OK? I'd be <laughs> on that radio doing that. <laughs> you probably could. But I'm, I'm just like, let me just play to my strengths. And I know what my weaknesses are. What are your weaknesses? Um yeah, I can't like belt like Whitney Houston. I'm 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 more of a softer singer. I I think the best place for me is to kind of be have power but to be controlled and rhythmic. And Jer, too, I mean, he's J-Most. Yeah. He told me that he started singing softly because in his apartment, the neighbors would complain Stop about, it. like, any type of noise at all. Really? And so when I met him, he had this music out, and he, I'm like, you sing like I do.
0: <laughs> Whisper sing.
2: This suit. is so crazy. <laughs> awesome. Match yeah. made in heaven. There it is.
0: You are listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Sam Sanders, here with a special edition of the show, featuring a few of our favorite music interviews. You're hearing right now my conversation with Emily Kane. We are discussing her latest album, Scenery. She worked on the album with her longtime producer, Jeremy Most. As someone who works closely with the producer, it is a certain... There's a certain parenting of the thing that you're making. Yeah. And you're both these parents...
2: Yes, making absolutely. a
0: song or a podcast or a show or whatever. And like, if one over parents, the other can't parent. <laughs> and you yeah. got to make sure that like... Oh,
2: that's a good point. You know,
0: like, how do you navigate that? It's what seems like, what, what, what can be a parental relationship, I think.
2: I think it is challenging at times. And we both have very strong ideas about what we think is good.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so there are moments where... He puts his foot down huh. and then I'm like, Yeah, you were right.
0: What is those like what do those fights look like and sound like? Are they fights?
2: Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's, like, it's yeah, it's it's really um it hurts. It's like not mm. physically obviously, yeah, but yeah. it's it's just like it's frustrating because you think you've hit a wall. And your fear is that you're not gonna overcome this wall to hmm. to get your ideas out, which is all we That's ever all we wanna, wanna do. do. Yeah. And so, you know, there's been moments where like, I'm not gonna put this out unless this is this, oh, and, damn. you know? And, but the general census is we both want this to be good.
0: Which song on this album had the biggest wall to climb over as far as like the um, production battle with mm. you and Jay Most?
2: look at me now was challenging in a different way okay that song was really a collaboration are you hearing about me how you dealing without me hello did you keep all the records do they sound good without me mellow heard you got a new lady
0: this is such a specific breakup song.
2: Yes. <laughs> i like, you were talking to somebody. <laughs> right? <laughs> totally. keeps the apartment? Does she like what we started? So the, I had that intro mm-hmm. for a couple of years, and I didn't oh, wow. know what to put on the back end of it. Huh? And then I remember I woke up at the house, and I had a dream. Hmm. And a dream was the rest of the song. Did you hear It was this chanting melody. Me now. And then that night, I believe, I played it for Jeremy, and he was just like, look at me now. Yeah. <laughs> look at me now. Oh, look at me. I was like, OK, oh, let me find out. Me just, <laughs> like, that's perfect. Yes. Yes. How fun. And so, so we got that part together. Mm-hmm then there was the instrumental part, and then after the instrumental, the original track modulated, hmm. which was awesome except I couldn't sing it.
0: Really? Well, how big was the modulation? It
2: was only like one step up. <laughs> it's all right. it's alright and I was like so challenged by this and I you know he was confused I said look this is what I have to work with yeah like you need to just trust me that I this is really hard for me to sing this and we had a meeting with a label shortly after that we had to play them our new songs and of course we didn't have anything (laughs) and so just the night before Mm -hmm. we had finally figured out Maybe we don't modulate.
0: Just stay in. Just there.
2: stay there. It's, it's that like it's yeah. okay, you know. Yeah. It all just came together in the nick of time.
0: And I love how. All the things that I mentioned before, like feeling you guys totally be in a groove, but at the same time, over the last, well, this is y'all's third record together. Yeah. Yeah. Over those, I've seen y'all move into different spaces. Mm -hmm. And I like that, like, I'm still getting the core of who y'all are, but there's a little different, like, with this album, and what I want to ask you about specifically is there's more sense on this one than I felt like in the last one or two which is interesting because you're in the woods and when you think of the woods and nature you don't think as much like synthesizer but like there's synths in here and I love it like there's one the last portion of Marigold
2: yeah oh the synths are driving
0: that's nice I like it (laughs) thank you was there a, a a a I guess an intention of having more synthesizer sounds on on this one.
2: I think I really got heavy into Tina Turner, like simply the Which, best oh that era. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just thought she managed to make these pop records, but they're R and B records too, mm. and they're timeless. So I wanted to emulate that, mm-hmm. and I also wanted to sound more electronic. Really? Yeah, and just have more kind of instruments that I think are cool. Yeah. <laughs> Memories always hold Like a dream,
0: miracle. And like I I hate to put music into a decade because yeah. there's always all music all the time. But, like, I felt a wonderful penumbra of 80s in there.
2: Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: And I was into it.
2: Thank you. Yeah. I, I think it just came out that way. And I, I don't know. Maybe, you know, I'm born in 1985. But I, I always consider myself a 90s music yeah. person because yeah. that's that was really when I started soaking yeah. in, in music. But... Now as an adult I appreciate the eighties more.
0: Yeah. You're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Sam Sanders, talking with singer and songwriter Emily King. We're discussing her newest album. It's called Scenery. I want to ask a little bit about growing up as the child of two musicians. It sounds just like a dream. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a dream. So both oh, of your parents, tell us who they are. They, they both yeah. were making jazz.
2: Yeah. Yes, they were um, They were a duo at the time called Kim and Marion. Love it. And my dad um, is from the Bronx, and he grew up, you know, with bebop, and he became a fan of Lambert, Hendrix, and Ross when he was, like, 12 years old. Okay. And he started following them around. Oh, my goodness. And he actually replaced Dave Lambert. On huh. some gigs when oh, wow. he was a teenager, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: so when when he met my mom, who is like a singer doing her own thing, they decided to kind of take on that style of Lambert, Hendricks and Ross, okay. and their voices were incredible together. But then, of course, they broke up, okay. and they stopped singing together, which was like can y'all at least still do gigs? <laughs> Stop, okay, I'm yeah. trying to get a free cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's go. But they stopped singing together. It was really hard for my brother and I. How old
0: were, you, were y'all when that happened?
2: Um, Like 10 and 11. Okay. And so, but then my mom, like, completely discovered herself as a songwriter. Mm-hmm. And now makes like the most beautiful choral music yeah. and she's just writing strings oh, string arrangements now and my dad is like straight ahead yeah. jazz and he teaches at smalls every sunday he teaches he calls it the saloon what does he call it it's for saloon singers he says huh. like, he teaches you how to <laughs> conduct a band on a gig and oh, love you know get over your stage fright and stuff so they're strong on their own and yeah. i can't imagine them together of course yeah. at this point
0: <laughs> <laughs> when you growing up in that, were you just around music and musicians and the art like all the time?
2: Yeah, we were around. They they had some heavy hitters with them, like you know some really great musicians, Kenny Barron and Al Foster, and yeah. they. So I didn't know the caliber of musicianship huh. that I was being exposed to, yeah, yeah, yeah. just by default. Yeah. So I definitely had a lucky childhood in that sense to just be around that and emulate their tone and hold out these long notes and mm-hmm. hear the great songwriting of the American Songbook and yeah, all yeah, of yeah. this stuff.
0: Were they taking y'all to gigs and stuff as kids?
2: Yes. we oh God, <laughs> Yeah, yeah we'd go to their gigs <laughs> and You know, I was always like, when is this over? (laughs) This is boring.
0: I could easily imagine someone growing up like that saying, I want a career that is not at all music because I've had enough of it. Yeah. Did you ever say, I'm going somewhere totally different than this? Or were were you always.
2: As a young child, Mm -hmm. when I just fantasized about Mm -hmm. being a veterinarian, you know, (laughs) I wanted to be a basketball player. Okay. But. I think my, instinctually I knew I didn't have those skills mm. and I just always felt like, yeah, I can do music.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, just <laughs> having just being around mom and dad and my brother. Yeah. But um I don't think I was a very good child singer. It's I, really no, I I feel like I forced it. <laughs> i like I was like, I'm gonna do this. This is happening. Like, this is happening.
0: Yeah. When did you feel like you got it?
2: Tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> Ask me to next year. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll win. Maybe I'll never play. Maybe I'll lose. Maybe I'll leave the game.
0: What song do you think from the new album will most Something affect grow, your listeners?
2: Oh, I really hope they so, like. Go Back, this song. It's the last song on the record. Yeah. Jesse Singer and I were in the studio one day. He was playing those chords, and then I came up with the lyric.
0: Why do you think this one's gonna hit the listeners?
2: I would hope that people would relate to that sentiment of it can be triumphant where you're saying, I'm never gonna go back to that. Will I make it? Will I taste victory? It could be a place or a person or like an insecurity that mm-hmm. you had. Mm-hmm. For me it's like I'm never gonna go back to feeling less than. Mm. You know. Mm. But also at the same time it, it's a kind of about moving away from home and you're kind of lamenting on damn I can I can't really can't ever go back. back. Yeah. I, or I can't go back to being a child or I can't yeah. go back to the innocence or uh-huh. the not knowing or mm-hmm. sure. um, so I guess there's different ways to take that song but it just feels it feels like it could be an emotional song. Yeah. It is for me.
0: Could see Tina singing this song.
2: <laughs> Thank you.
0: This was the best. Thank you, Sam. Thank you. Mwah. Mwah. Emily King, we were talking about her newest album. It's called Scenery. you're listening to it's been a minute from npr i'm sam sanders here today with a special edition of the show featuring a few of our favorite music interviews more music more conversation after this short break
3: support for this podcast and the following message come from gelmar maker of clr for some of life's mucky moments there's clr From soap scum to bicycle rust, CLR gets rid of household grime using natural ingredients, not harsh chemicals. It even carries the EPA's Safer Choice Seal. Use it to dissolve calcium, lime, and rust all around your house. Go to clrbrands.com today to learn more about how to keep your piece of the planet muck-free. CLR, making the world a little cleaner. Support also comes from BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who specialize in issues such as depression, stress, anxiety, and more. Connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment at your convenience. Get help at your own time and your own pace. Schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. Visit BetterHelp.com minute to learn more. Hear the stories behind the songs that rally communities large and small across America. Listen and subscribe to all songs considered through Line and Alt-Latino for a closer look at songs from NPR's American Anthem series.
0: You're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Sam Sanders. Here on this 4th of July weekend, we are taking a break from the news to bring you a few of our favorite music interviews that also happen to be full of great music for your summer barbecue, or your summer pool party, or a summer drive, or a summer stay in the house with the AC on, all the way. This song is called Come Together. It is the first track off of an album called Hive Mind from the band The Internet. I talked to the vocalist Sid, S-Y-D. Sid is a singer, songwriter, producer, DJ. She has toured with the Gorillas and Eminem. She appeared in a Drake music video. She's also a former member of the hip hop collective Odd Future. Sid and I spoke recently in Los Angeles. Here's our chat. Enjoy. You seem very much like a West LA person.
4: I'm, a, I'm from Midtown. Where about? Like uh, Crenshaw in Venice.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. I was saying that because so much of the new album gives me this, like, kind of close to the beach vibe.
4: I get that. It's a vibey, flowery, <laughs> kind of breezy.
0: It's in no hurry. Yeah. It's in no rush.
4: Yeah. That's L.A.,
0: for sure. Right? I like yeah, that. Yeah, I was talking
4: to somebody about it last night. They were saying they love New York because basically there's always something to do. And I was like, yeah, I get that. <laughs> um, she, she said, like, in L.A., I just feel like I could just sleep all day.
0: Yeah. Like, this song is not in a hurry. <laughs>
4: it's It's not. just,
0: like, vibe. Like, what is the vibe? Describe that
4: vibe. Well... It just it gave me a, a reflective vibe. I can see that. You know, so
0: reflecting on what?
4: Reflecting on just where we are as a as a human race.
0: Do you think that's a good state right now?
4: I think it's been worse, um, and I think it's been better. <laughs> yeah. I I just try to look at the bright side. And, and what what we can be grateful for? Yeah. Of course, there's always something for us to work on as human beings. One song that I'm hearing all the time
0: is "Roll" in parentheses Burbank Funk. Yeah. You know you're all over W, right? Really? Oh my goodness, they're playing this song every two hours. <laughs>
1: what? Listen to your heart.
4: That's awesome. Listen
0: And, like, this is one of the tracks on the album that's a little more up tempo. Yeah. But it's still chill. Yeah. <laughs> which I like.
4: We were feeling very, uh, <laughs> uh what's the word? Righteous that day. Really? Yeah. Explain this to me. Um, we made this instrumental in Burbank, hence the title. Yeah. Um, and it's, Patrick pretty much made the whole thing. He gave, he came in with this drum loop that he had gotten. folder that Steve gave him. These are both guys
0: in the group. Yeah. Okay.
4: Patrick's the bass player. Steve's the guitar player. Uh Uh-huh. And so Patrick came in, he was like, Man, I've had I have this bass line to this drum loop. It's been stuck in my head and he played that and we were like, Yes! (laughs) We didn't write the song, the lyrics, until we uh, rented this house in Agora Hills. So
0: y'all are just making music all over the place. All
4: over the place.
0: I love that. Yeah,
4: it was great. It was a good vibe. And just all living there for like a week and going to the store, getting groceries for a week. Chris will bake some chicken and Matt will make some pasta and we'll invite a couple friends over and just live for a week. Honestly for the first five days or something we didn't make any music. (laughs) We just played laser tag and and like listened to music really loud and like it was fire.
0: So it seems like you all get along pretty well because you're holed up in these houses for weeks at a time. Y'all can just yeah. chill and vibe and eat no, and we, cook and be together.
4: Yeah, we really um we're really friends in real life. I'm really grateful for that.
0: There is this wonderful thing y'all do on the album where like these songs will kind of roll into other songs.
4: <laughs> like right
0: on the same track.
4: Yeah. And I like it. Do not the bottom.
0: There's this moment where next time becomes humble. Mm -hmm. I want to just play it so I can hear it. So we're like in one song. Mm -hmm. I'm vibing. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm like in the car with you.
1: Fine, (laughs) fine,
0: fine. And then I'm like, okay.
4: I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, the car turned right. Where are we going?
0: Yeah. And then before you know it... It's a different song on the same track. Yeah. What are you trying to do there?
4: For one, I felt like both of these songs weren't strong enough to stand on their own. Huh. Let's just put two songs together, you know? So maybe I'm
0: reading too much into it.
4: Well, that is kind of why Next Time came after Move. on the end of Moon, I say, Baby, next time I'll bring you flowers. Roses, exotic daisies. Next time I'll take you out. Girl, don't you know. So then from there, it's like, okay, next time. Okay, we have a song called Next Time. Let's, <laughs> and there let's you throw go. That, let's do that next. I love it. Say, baby,
0: do you ever hear from folks who are like, here is the deep thing I got from your music, and you're like, no.
4: Yeah, for sure. But What's like, the
0: weirdest interpretation of your music that you've heard from a listener or a fan?
4: Um, well, I don't think we get anything that's really too weird. Okay. I think our music's pretty straightforward. Okay. But I think just the general consensus uh over my career has been um at least with some people that i'm like really doing this groundbreaking thing by singing songs about women and that i'm like doing it on purpose and i'm really not (laughs) which is great yeah
0: you know it's just kind of like where you're at
4: yeah i just I, i i date women so I'm, I'm well, not going to write a song about yeah. a man. It just wouldn't be real. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, and
0: then there are going to be folks that are going to hear you say, I date women, and not be satisfied with that.
4: Because <laughs> right. Because there have been times where what people... What do you have, mean, date? Exactly. You don't love women? Like, like Is right. there a
0: label on you? Is there a label on this? <laughs> yeah. People are so, they want a label.
4: What's your pronoun and all that? Do you
0: do any of that stuff?
4: No. Okay. I, I typically just call myself gay. Okay. Or Sid. Matt, Matt told me this morning, he was like, you're not even gay, you're just Sid. So like, it doesn't even matter. And I was like, cool, that, that's, yeah. that works for me. Yeah.
0: You're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Sam Sanders, here with a very special edition of the show, featuring some of our favorite music interviews. Right now you're hearing my chat with Sid, the singer, songwriter, and producer, also vocalist for the band The Internet. We are talking about their album hive mind there are not a lot of women producing r&b or hip-hop or anything in that vein did you like in your production in your work how many times have you crossed paths with another woman female producer
4: Uh, i know i know a few i know quite a few nowadays yeah i run into more songwriters yeah uh that are women and then i know a couple of female engineers now too yeah, I'm uh, trying to advocate for more of that yeah. kind of stuff.
0: Why do you think there's been a lag to get women into the production engineering side, not so much the writing, singing side?
4: Um, To be honest, I think a lot of it is interest, just general interest. I don't think there's as many women interested in that career path. Why do you and think maybe that is? It's, maybe it's a nurturing thing. You know how it is when you grow up not thinking that something is possible because you don't see it mm-hmm. as something that's common. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's that. I know my mom wanted to be a producer. Really? Yeah. So, I didn't find that out till after I'd already started doing it, but huh. I always knew she loved music. And for her, you know, she's she was just like, yeah, it, it's a man's industry, and she would I, say that. Well, a man told her that. Like, when she was coming up and, like, she was sitting in on some mixing sessions, huh. um, she told me that once one of my mentors, actually, he became one of my mentors for a little while later on, but he she told me that one time he told her, like, this is a man's industry. Really? So, and I don't know if he said that to mean, like, you don't belong or just to say, look, there's mostly men in here. Yeah. Just a fact.
0: I wanted to ask you about your influences because there are sometimes when I hear you sing and when I hear the songs where I am totally hearing and channeling one musician in particular. Uh, can we hit no?
2: Baby, don't
4: let me go, babe. <laughs> Aaliyah? You know. I get that a lot. Baby, don't, don't say no, babe. That sounds like Aaliyah everybody says that that's crazy (laughs) how do you
0: feel hearing that
4: i'm flattered i love alia's voice yeah Yeah, were you into her growing up yeah i got her greatest hit cd from the swap meet when i was a kid (laughs) and it was it's amazing like even her um just like even her stuff with genuine like final Warning, all yes the static major background arrangements yeah Get a little more time, I'll
0: take it slow, Well, and you can hear, so like, she's singing. i saying, Aaliyah, you're singing. <laughs> the thing that I like about you and Aaliyah is that, like, there can be these moments where you're singing very delicately. But I can still hear that you're in total control of your voice. You know exactly what you're doing. There are some people where they sing a little down because they don't because like, they can't do more but like you're doing yeah. this on purpose and i can hear it and it's a pur- i don't know it just works for me
4: thank I like you it. it's interesting because like i'm i'm not definitely not the best singer I, I started late um and i know a lot of singers who can only do one or the other like they can't they either can't use their falsetto or their head voice or they can't use their yeah. chest i'm better at the delicate stuff
0: yeah You've talked before about, like, not wanting to be in the spotlight, not wanting even to have, like, pictures taken of yourself sometimes. I forget where it was, but you said, quote, I think I see myself differently than most people see me. I think everybody, for the most part, struggles with how they see themselves versus how the world perceives them. Explain that.
4: You know how it is when someone posts a picture of yeah. you oh, yeah. and you hate it and you're like, why would you post this That's most me? pictures of myself. That's ex- That's me okay so why do you think that is the case i think like i said i see myself i see the perfect version of myself from another angle i've never been one for attention like i'm not the type to to yell in public because i don't i don't uh <laughs> don't look at yeah, me yeah, yeah. when i'm on stage it's another story yeah when i'm performing yeah um you're a different I'm,
0: person kind of
4: yeah when i'm like sh- shooting a video or something, I. I I throw this other version of myself. It's still me. It's just a side that's I don't know. I'm more comfortable with showing to people who care.
0: Do you have a name for that person? Mm. You know, like a Sasha Fierce going on or something.
4: Uh, I've I've been called Frisco, the Star Child.
0: When you're on stage.
4: Uh. Or when you're at like. Mostly inhabiting. just when I'm in my zone.
0: Frisco, the Starchild, a.k.a. Sid, <laughs> uh, of Odd Future and The Internet. Thanks for being so open in this conversation.
4: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: That was Sid of the band The Internet. She was talking to me about their album Hive Mind. Earlier, we heard music from Nick Hakim and Emily King. All right, listeners, we are back here with our regular weekly wrap next weekend. Until then, I hope you all had a wonderful, safe, and fulfilling 4th of July weekend. Thank you for listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Sam Sanders. Talk soon.